it's Samilla from Men's Wear By a Woman podcast, and my guest today, his name is Ted Ellett. Ellett, I hope I'm saying the surname right. And the label is called Warn. Ted, have I said your surname right? I know I just practiced it. (laughs) Slight adjustment. It's um, Ellett, but it was it was good. Oh, thank you. Hi, Ted. Welcome to Men's Wear By a Woman podcast. It is absolutely lovely to have you on board. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. It was a real pleasure when I um, when I got the message for you, from you. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be here. I quite like your label, actually. I quite like Warn a lot, <laughs> you know. And um, you've got great things. You've got great products on there. And Yeah, I think um, the products is obviously the main focus. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole lot behind it that... I want to try and convey to customers and make it a real experience. And what I want to know is how did you, why did you want to do a label like this and how did you begin? Um, I think it began from a very young age. I think uh, sort of like the menswear side of things and always being really into clothes. Um, Mm -hmm. There's loads of stories floating around my family of, me not wanting to go outside as a toddler if I could wear exactly what I wanted and match the colours that I wanted and have the fabrics that I wanted in my clothing. So I guess it started then. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, it's tad embarrassing, I guess. Um, but I guess that's that's kind of where it started, um, which means that I had, you know, a huge influence from my mum who's right. always been really into clothes and fashion and things like that. Right. Um, Vintage really started in about 2009 when I first moved to London. Okay. Um, sort of discovered all the vintage shops and the style that was happening, especially mm-hmm. around East London. Right. Um, and on to about 2011 is when I started getting into the kind of products that I sell now. So a lot of the military stuff, the workwear stuff. And that was heavily influenced by a really good friend of mine called Danny, um, who kind of introduced me to like Levi's Big E and the old US Army stuff and things like that. And and it's kind of gone on from there um, in terms of kind of collecting products and researching and learning about things. Um, and I guess one kind of started... I guess like a few businesses um, in this day and age started in, in lockdown. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, kind of two, I mean, it was something that I wanted to start in probably 2019. Right, um, okay. But didn't actually start doing it until 2020. Um, and, and that's when it kind of became uh, worn as a company and I started buying products specifically to sell and to right. um, kind of, you know, create the business that way. Um, so although it'd been in my head for a while, 2020 was when it really, really kind of kicked it off. So was it difficult to find the products though, the vintage products, what you have online? Um, yes. Um, I mean, yes and no. I think right. even, even the two years that we're, since I've started, it's yeah. become harder and harder. I feel like, you know, vintage market is one of the biggest growing clothing markets in the UK yeah uh, probably the world actually it's you know sort of definitely over the last five years and I think in particular the last three right the market's really taken off um I think not only from a style point of view but from like a sustainability option as well um you know where people are much more aware now of the impact of fast fashion and and the clothing industry in general on the environment yes they look to other ways to kind of purchase and uh sort of express themselves and i think vintage is a really good way to do that it ticks a lot of boxes like you can find great deals you can um you know you can find sustainable products and things like that so i think it ticks a lot of boxes in terms of how the modern day customer is feeling how do you think menswear at the moment is with that's not vintage clothing um I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good brands that I have followed and really like, and I think I guess what's I don't know maybe different from Warm um, yeah. and maybe my personality is that I'm not like a pure vintage head. Like I won't only wear vintage yeah. uh, all the time. Like um, I work for a contemporary brand as well. Like right. 
I really like contemporary clothing. I really appreciate different styles. I love streetwear, you know, as well as like, um, you know, and, and kind of elements of modern day tailoring and things like that, as well as vintage and, and Ivy style and things like that. So I hope that that kind of mix comes across yeah. um, with Warm um, yeah. because I definitely keep that in my mind. But I think menswear in general, I think it's a very interesting place at the moment. There's so much out there. Yeah. Like it, it blows my mind sometimes. <laughs> there is so much out there. And I feel like there's, you know, there's something for everyone, which I think is a really, is a really positive thing. Why do you think, right, vintage wear for, in menswear is a hit at the moment? Because, you know, there's a lot of vintage menswear at the moment. And it feels like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been in menswear for for quite a long time. And I just feel like there's, I, I can see more vintage clothing in menswear more than I did a few years back, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I guess there might be a bit of a, a, a circle going on in terms of, a lot of the really big menswear brands at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I guess menswear in general takes a lot of influence from the past and, um, you know, a lot of uh, kind of influences from, you know, US Army jackets or British yes. Army jackets yeah. or workwear jackets yeah. and uh, kind of the style of trouser yeah. or pocket or um, whatever. And I think, you know, if you look at someone like Nigel Cabon, for example, yeah. who has a massive presence in the menswear world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mostly all his styles are, are taken from, you know, an original piece and adapted to using maybe a more contemporary fabric or a more contemporary fit slightly or, you know, those adaptations. And I think with the way the world is at the moment with information and being able to find out exactly maybe where that piece was copied from or replicated from it, it makes people then look at the original source and then they might get into the vintage side of things and picking up those pieces for themselves originally. So you're absolutely right there because um, when I'm designing, um, I'm actually looking at these um, kind of clothing for research. And, you know, you look at the research, you look at details, but it feels like at the moment, right, it, um, you know, there's more vintage clothing in menswear than there was like a few years back, I think. Or do you think social media helps a lot as well? Social media has a massive part to play, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there's some really prominent uh, vintage menswear or vintage uh, places that I guess you maybe wouldn't know about unless you had things like Instagram um, and they had a big, pre- you know, because they've got such massive presences on Instagram, um, you know, people doing really great stuff on the continent and and in America that maybe you wouldn't have access to without, you know, social media. So I think that really, really helps as well. Um, Social media is a, I guess it's a tough challenge for any business. Um, It's it's an incredibly tough challenge for a small independent business. Um, But with that challenge become, you know, comes a whole range of opportunities that you, you wouldn't have got previously. So, um, although it's stressful Instagram at times, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's a great place to get your name out there for sure. Did you find it very difficult to start up? Um, I kind of guess it's difficult now in hindsight because I've started and I love yeah. it and it's something that I do and think about all day every day um so it was difficult in terms of I guess financially um kind of getting money together and and being able to buy the products that I want um I'm also incredibly impatient so the growing period for a small business I was like come on come on come on on. I want to do this I want to do this I want to do this but it was I think that was a learning curve for me as well um in terms of you know, being way more patient with myself, way more patient with my business um, and, you know, trying to grow things organically through kind of hard work. And, you know, I guess I did some research at the start on on how to promote yourself as a small business. And uh, I did like lots of London markets to start off with between the lockdowns and, you know, got a pop up shop and, you know, try to market myself as much as possible and as cheaply as possible um 
because of the financial side of things to kind of get me where I am now. And I feel like where I am now is, you know, is a good place for how long I've been going um, and how much time I've put into it. And I've guess over the last six to 12 months, I've noticed uh, an uplift in change from all of those things like doing the markets and the pop-up shops and, you know, being um as present as i can on things like instagram and updating my website and things like that so um although i guess it was was hard to start it was worth it and um i probably had all the same issues that everyone does when they when they first start a business some of your products right i'm looking at the jackets and the majority of it's all sold right i know Uh, There's a reason um, for that at the moment. Um, because um, the I don't know. Go on. Sorry, um, go on. Sorry. Because I'm <laughs> looking at some of the jackets, right? I'm looking at some of the jackets and I'm pointing at the ones that all of them are sold, right? Because I would have loved to have had them. Mm. The vintage French work jacket is absolutely beautiful. That's sold. Yeah. Um, I'm just yeah. looking at the vintage Swedish army work jacket. That's That's lovely. Um, the USAF yeah. flight jacket uh, liner, large. Oh my God! Some of these, yeah. uh, it's, you could. I mean, I would have. Um, it's like, uh, I mean, the other one that I. Oh my God! They're all amazing. <laughs> Thank all, you. Thank all you. amazing. I'm just looking at them, thinking, whoa, hold on. <laughs> and it's like you know, it's like um, going into a sweet shop. Though I don't like yeah. these, but um, it, th- that's how I feel. I feel like, oh my god, and it's it's really weird. And I'm actually recording Ted on the podcast, and I'm looking at his website, and it's like, wow, this is amazing! Wow, wow, wow. So, how did you go <laughs> about you. getting these jackets, Ted? I've got to know. Or are you not allowed to tell? Sorry, sorry. How did you go you about go, there, getting then. these jackets? The how did you go? Sorry, I missed the question. Sorry, then. how did you? go about getting these jackets where did you get these jackets from are you not are you allowed to tell us or no um i'm not allowed to tell you oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no i'm joking um i mean i can't obviously tell you specifically no, but no, no i mean no, no, I, I get not. them I, I i get them from a range of places um wow i source from uh the continent from the us right. um you know sometimes from from dealers in London and markets in London and I can honestly tell you there's not a day that's gone by since uh, I started Warm that I haven't been on the lookout for product Um, it's something that I do constantly and and have to do constantly Um, I mean like you just said then there's a lot on my website that's sold out Um, one of the biggest things is kind of having that cash flow to always buy new stock and with vintage, I feel like if you see it and you love it, you got to get it because otherwise yeah, it <laughs> there might not be another chance ever. Um, so I always try and find stuff that's, um, you know, slightly rarer or in a particular condition or of a particular era. Or um, sometimes it's just something that I like because it's old and battered. Um, yeah. For me, the more battered, the better. I love <laughs> rips, tears uh marks of stains and oil and wow. uh all of the stuff that you know maybe some people would reject but i you know i love that and i i really think that that has um something to say about the garment and the story that it's been through um you know romantically that's yeah. why i kind of do it is <laughs> you know is the story that um you know each garment can kind of tell um, which is try- why I try and always try and get one-off pieces or stuff that I'm, yeah. you know, maybe not be able to get again, or I might be able to get again, but it's going to be different. You know, yeah. not every jacket's going to have the same mark or the same Absolutely. repair or the same name written in the tag. Yeah. You know, if it's an army piece or whatever. So, um, but with, with with the sold stuff, I just want to make put it out there that with with the sold stuff. Um, I've got more sold out on the website at the moment because I've got a lot of new stock um, right. that I've just bought for, for winter. But I've got I've got a pop up shop in about ten days time, um, so I'm kind of reserving some of that for the for the pop up right, shop, okay. and then you okay. know 
it will go on online kind of at the same time. So that's the reason in case anyone was wondering why there's so much sold stuff on there at the moment. Well, there's one thing that I'm, that I really, 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 really like on the website. Um, I'm not going to say it. I'm not, because if I do, right, it might be sold. <laughs> yeah. um, because someone might just like, Oh yeah, I know what she means. Um, Swoop in there. Yeah. You know, um, okay. I'm just going to talk about it. This Jeep coat, Oh my god! Yeah, the Mackinac jacket. Oh my god! It is absolutely beautiful. It's it's a stunning. I'm so jacket. sorry. I should be talking about the podcast here with you, but <laughs> this coat is absolutely it's, stunning. It's so beautiful, and um, the difficult thing is, and I guess yeah, this is something that I uh, am challenged with every time I go buying. Is that yeah. it fits me. And no. <laughs> anytime something fits me and I love it and it's a bit, I'm like, oh, can I just, you know, can I just keep this for myself? Oh, you should, you um, know, you should. I mean, obviously, it's... I wouldn't have a business. So that yeah, was a really you know, hard double... <laughs> one to be like, I have to go on the website. Um, because pieces like that, especially US Army, sort of World War II, 50s, yeah. uh, and then into the 60s as well, yeah. um, is becoming rarer and rarer and harder and harder to get hold of, especially in, in this country. Um, you know, there's great pieces that you can get out in the States um, in fantastic condition. But by the time they kind of get here and I think, you know, they've yeah. probably been passed through several hands. And, you know, when that happens, in- price increases go up. It, it is becoming harder and harder to find American stuff in particular um, at a good price in, in this country. And I think just in general, like you said, there's there's so much more uh, kind of menswear vintage around. Yeah. Um, and the more that happens, the yeah. more people delve into you know business. different eras in the past and different styles and things like that and and you know and pick up things so it is a that jacket in particular is a, it is a great jacket it is absolutely a beautiful coat um yes <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at it going oh yes yes definitely <laughs> you know something that we probably have to have a good chat actually um Ted about this coat <laughs> later on after yeah, the podcast yeah. you know one thing I wanted to ask you um would have um I see a lot of American and British army stuff is there any other yeah. army stuff that you from other countries that you think would be you know great to have on board yeah, like I, I think the US and the British stuff is um, obviously really popular. Yeah. Um, the, the US stuff in particular. Yeah. Um, I think all the um, OG 107 stuff, the sateen products yeah. that um, were around through like the Vietnam War and then the HBT stuff that was around in the, in the Second World War. Um, all of that stuff is, is really, really sought after. Um, with the British Army stuff, it's a little bit different. Um, I think some of the older stuff is is incredible, um, yes, but a lot of it, it was made of wool, so yes. not that much of it's around um, anymore in, in, in good condition. I mean, there's still a lot that you can find, but it was all made of wool, so it's either moth-eaten or, you know, not yeah. in great condition yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and then some of the, the later British stuff, um, I think we... <sighs> The customer base that I've got at the moment doesn't seem to be as into um, sort of that British woodland or desert camo, right, um, okay. which a lot of it was is, was made out of that. They also did like a um, uh, kind of like the, the, the olive green that they've got is mixed with a polyester. So the fabric's mixed with polyester, so it doesn't fade in the same way as some of the uh, mid-century uh, US stuff did. So all the OG 107 US Army stuff was made out of cotton. Um, so it had great sun fades, it faded when you washed and washed it. And obviously that all adds to the character of the piece. So they're definitely, like you said, the two, I guess, main, main categories, British and and US army. But to go back to your question, I think the Swedish stuff, um, is really great. Um, you know, the Swedish liners are fantastic There's Swedish parkers, which are, are incredible. I think they were made in the sixties and I don't think they ever got issued. Um, it's kind of like the snow Parker. So it's kind of like an off white kind of color with, um, huge, uh, waist pockets 
or bottom pockets on, on the parker and a massive hood to go over a helmet and it's got a cinched waist and there's just design aspects to it that are, are really cool um, and are reminiscent of what you see sometimes from uh, you know like a Stone Island jacket or, or yeah. something like that so the Swedish stuff is really cool um, there's a lot of great uh, camos actually from from other armies so there's the Czech raindrop camo the Czech army raindrop camo which is yeah. is really cool um, that's kind of like a, a like an an olive backdrop with kind of like very thin brown dashed lines so it kind of looks like rain um, and uh, Amy Leon Dor did a trench coat with that camo practice pattern on last yeah. season yeah um there's some so there's lots of cool little bits out there that you can get and normally with like anything military um it's always really well made um you know the fabrics are really cool the details on them are really cool it does everything for utility purposes so everything on the jacket has a purpose yeah um if it's an oversized fit it's an oversized fit because it has to go over other parts of your uniform if there's a pocket or a clip on it then that pocket is specifically for something and that clip is specifically for, for something if the hood is massive it's because it needs to go over your helmet you know if there's yeah. um i had the uh the swiss alpenflage um kind of snipers jacket um which sold oh. earlier on in the season and that's called its nickname is called the pizza camo because it's like oh, uh, okay, yeah. red green brown there's kind of like a lighter beige yellowy color on there so it kind of looks like a you know, like a pizza um and that's got a um a drop down netted mask that comes from the hood which right. is i guess to keep you you know completely camouflaged yeah um and that kind of rolls up and then sits inside the top of the hood with a button and you just can you know undo the bottom and it and it kind of drops down over the person's face and it's it's netted but in the same camouflage as the jacket i mean finding details like that on on stuff is is always so much fun and and really great so there's yeah there's lots of other things out there that are great to find from from other armies um especially camo patterns i think do you think that's the reason why vintage and clothing like this is a hit because of the, the the amount of details? I mean, menswear, the functionality and the details is so important in, um, in yeah. menswear. But do you think do you think that's why a lot of vintage clothing in menswear has so much details, and that's what's interesting more about the story of the actual product? I think so. I think. I guess with with menswear at the moment, yeah. um, there seems to be a lot of brands around that do very subtle detailing. Okay. Um, so it's not something that you maybe would notice straight away, or it's a function that you maybe wouldn't use straight away. Right. Um, and I think, because I think for me, um, when it comes to details, especially in modern menswear, yeah. um, the subtler the better. To be honest. Okay. Um, you know, I like a lot of plain clothing. If it's a pattern, I like a, a subtle pattern, which is obviously completely different to, to, what, you... <laughs> to what I sometimes buy for worn when I'm like, whoa, this camouflage is incredible. It's got red, red, yellow, you know, like all these different colours. But, you know, but for me, when I look at contemporary menswear, yeah. um, I definitely prefer like a, a subtler, a subtler cut, a subtler um, detailing and a subtler colour. Um but it is nice to see a menswear at the same time, you know, pops of colour and pops of pattern. Um, so, yeah. So, um, Ted, who would you say um, in menswear at the moment hasn't got it right? Hasn't got it right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is a not nice question, is it? I know, it's it not. Right? It's um, not. But I'm just wondering, because every, if everyone's getting it right, someone must be getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, this, <laughs> okay, I, I mean it's really difficult to name brands directly because um Okay, what do you think? Well, I've liked and What what about if I say what do you think at the moment isn't right in menswear? Not a brand or anything. I think there seems to be a lot of branding going along going okay. going on. Yeah. Um in brands that I would never thought would put a logo on something. Um, okay. And that 
that for me, um, I guess maybe from like a commercial point of view and from the point of view of expanding your business beyond the people that already shop there, branding is a, is a great thing. You know, if you're walking down the street and you see someone with a great sweatshirt on or a really cool T-shirt or shirt, whatever it is, and you can already see the name of the brand that it is, you can go home, look it up and, you know, then you enter into that world of the brand. Maybe you buy it, maybe you buy something else, maybe follow my Instagram or, or whatever. And they've essentially kind of maybe gained a customer. Um, whereas you don't get that with non-branded items, obviously. But I think for me, the branding side of things... Um, and then I think the other thing that annoys me a little bit, um, mm. and this is difficult because it's it's kind of a price point thing, is I never like the, um, I mean, I guess with Warren, one of the things that I always wanted to do with it, and it's one of my biggest kind of uh, key points to the business is making sure that it's, it's accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, and you know price point pays a, ma- a massive point a part in that yeah. um and i do feel like with some brands that have maybe entered the market more recently and um are very big their price points kind of reflect what they think people should pay for it rather than you know kind of maybe what it's actually worth but that might be a really unfair unfair um kind of observation from my part so uh, feel free to edit that out <laughs> No, I'm going to keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) But do do, do you you know what I I mean? I totally understand what you're saying there. Yeah. I think there are certain brands that are, when I look at certain brands and when I look at the price and I'm thinking, why? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and you just think, why? is this this much and you you just want to ask them why and it's really and I keep telling everyone it's really hard when I go I I hardly go shopping and when I do go shopping I look at more menswear than women's wear yeah this is like 100% this is like a nightmare sometimes because I I normally just walk towards the menswear forget about the menswear and I start looking at menswear more and more and more and I will normally come back home with nothing anyway but um, yeah. because I've spent the whole hours just looking at menswear. So it gets to a point where you actually, when, I'm, when I am looking at menswear, I feel like, why is this so much? Why? What's the reason for it? Because... I know, and I think, I think there's definitely some brands out there that are expensive. Yeah. Um, but to but a point, it's well Ted, worth the money. It's yeah. well worth the money. And there, there, there are some that, that... Yeah, you can tell, but there are some things that you just think, no... That's yeah, not worth it. I probably get loads of people sending me messages and say, "How dare you say that?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't. Ne- we didn't mention. Well, we didn't any mention names though, yet. So. <laughs> you know? People um, just have to guess. <laughs> so, Ted, um, with starting the business and everything, right? Um, would you say it? Well, it has been worth it, right? Um, to do this business and to to go around looking for clothing like this. What takes up? more time looking for the actual vintage clothing or actually running the business um that's a good question actually because like i mentioned earlier that the buying side of it is something that i do um every day and it's something that i think about all the time um but i absolutely love shopping so it's by far my favorite part of the business Um, because it's just like going shopping all the time um but I would say running the business. I think there's a lot of stuff that, that, well, there's a few things that take a lot of time, like photographing all the products and listing everything online is quite a time consuming um, process. Um, and I, I, I can't, well, I do everything myself with the help of um, a few people. So my friend Alex, who uh, models a lot of the time, right. he helps me with things. He's, he's a graphic designer, so he helps me with, Okay. Um, you know, sometimes doing uh, like postcards or, or invites to things or, um, you know, just doing the pictures in general, especially when we're, we're out and about and, and um, taking photos of the products and things like that. So he, he's like a ma- he's a massive help um, and he is always willing, you know, to do whatever with a smile on his face, which is is when you're starting a business or, yeah. or running a small business. Yeah. It's it's so helpful to have someone like that. 
Um, and then I think the rest of the time there's there's not too much admin involved. There's um, you know bits and bobs that you need to do, um, and I would say it's definitely photographing the flat lays of the product, listing everything, washing everything when I can, going to the dry cleaners. Um, it needs to be dry cleaned, uh, mending things or, or having them mended by someone else. Like it's those all those little things that you kind of may people don't maybe see um are other things that take a lot of time but there's not one aspect of the business that i dislike um apart from the uh you know doing your accounts that's that's never fun <laughs> but um every, you know everything else i i absolutely love um so there's things that take a lot of time but they're well worth it and, and fun to do so does, um, if anybody wanted to start the business, start a business like how you have with vintage clothing, what would you say mm-hmm. to them at the moment and how to go about it? I think, I think with vintage it's very difficult. Um, I think there's a lot of um, kind of quote unquote vintage out there, which isn't maybe vintage um, or doesn't come from any kind of space that is um reputable or or kind of there's no storytelling or or whatever it is and i think with the rise of like depop for example yeah um you know we see a lot of that you know um even sometimes more recently going you know going to brick lane and and going into a few of those um vintage shops there and you find uh you know, maybe like a old H and M divided piece yeah. or yeah. Uh, cedar wood Primark shirt, and in, this isn't you know that's not vintage. No. You know, vintage <laughs> I guess from a technical point of view is is anything that's twenty years and older. But a lot of people see vintage as you know. Some people won't even touch it if it's not from the sixties and and earlier wow. when it comes to vintage. So I think yeah. there's a really big misconception. I mean, maybe it's a not not a misconception. Maybe people just don't don't mind, and they you know are happy to do whatever. But for me, I think if you wanted to start a business now selling selling vintage, um, you you need to do as much research as you can. And I say that uh, kind of loosely um, right. because I'm definitely not someone that goes around with a snobbish attitude saying, "Oh, you've not listed." you know, that jacket correctly or that isn't actually from this army, it's from that army or, you know, that French workwear piece isn't actually French, it's, you know, <laughs> from a different part of Europe. You know, it's I never, ever, ever want to be like that um, because I think, you know... Have you had anyone say that to you, though? Um, <laughs> no, no, but okay, I've seen good. it. I've seen it, I think, online a few times with... Really? Wow. Some, something and say like oh this is a specific item from a specific date and someone will chime in with "Mm, I don't think it is I think it's from this date and no it's not it's from this date and I don't know I guess every day I want to be learning every day I want to you know find out if there's something that I don't know I want to try and find it out and if that means that someone tells me great if it means I have to go on the internet great if it means I have to go in a book great like it's there's so many areas you can get information yes, from absolutely. Um, but I do I do think if you want to start a business now a vintage business depending on what kind of market you want to go for um, you should make sure that you're in a space to be able to find and sell things because i think it's very easy i think especially after kind of um especially with places like vintage showroom you know that used to be in covent garden um incredible showroom incredible shop incredible pieces that you know are maybe not accessible for everyone you know it's got a high price point and i think with the internet and eBay and Depop and Vinted and all these other places, yeah. especially with menswear, I think people might look at something that they had maybe seen in Vinted showroom once yeah. and go, oh, this is kind of similar to that. I think I can sell it for £500. And it's not, you know, it's not that case at all. It's, you know, a case of doing a lot of research, making sure what you've got is exactly what it is and what you're listing it for and, and what you're especially I think if you want to create a brand um, because with any brand, with any success with any brand, there needs to be trust. 
And I think trust only comes with time and only comes with effort. It's not something that's kind of earned immediately. So I think if you wanted to start something now and it wasn't a Depop and eBay thing, I think there's a great market out there for it. But do your research and kind of build up that customer base with trust and honesty and, and things like that. So, What's your favourite vintage time, though? My favourite vintage time? Mm. See, I'm someone that likes to mix styles up a little bit. Okay. Um, In what way, though? In, so, um, which, well, I which think, timing? I think I'm never... Like I said, I, I like a lot of contemporary stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so I like you know, maybe mixing, I mean, even yesterday I bought a great jacket from Universal Works. Great oh, jacket. Right. Okay, wow. And it's patterned as well, which isn't like me. I normally wear plain <laughs> stuff. But, you know, so I'd love to wear that with maybe a pair of like, you know, US, you know, a pair of like US Army trousers and then nice. maybe, some, you know, a pair of loafers and, yeah. um, you know, an Oxford shirt maybe. I like, you know, I like to mix stuff up. But I guess in terms of warm, I yeah. guess, and what would be my ideal style? I, I mean, I, I, I really love the style of uh, sort of the 1940s yeah. and 1950s U.S. Army. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, 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 and then probably 1940s British as well, like yeah. British Army. I was just about to say Especially that. the Navy. <laughs> just about to say the British. What about the British Army? Because that's, yeah. that's, the, uh, that's really, really, you know, one of my favourite yeah. times, I think. Yeah. There's some fantastic stuff. And I think even, yeah. even just around those periods as well, like one of my, I mean, just British menswear in general, I mean, one of my biggest influences, and I think what I guess that I always hold on to is um, kind of people like George Mallory um, mm -hmm. and Shackleton and things like yeah. that. I used yeah. to be obsessed with George Mallory um, and his um, climbing Everest and... Yeah. Uh, the clothes that he wore during that, you know, wearing wool um, and leather boots to climb up the tallest mountain it's in the amazing, world isn't is it? it's just unbelievable. Amazing. And, you know, same with Shackleton. Yeah, I know. know. I, um, I was obsessed with Shackleton, <laughs> what he used yeah. to wear and, you know, how he, you know, it's, it's just unbelievable and quite amazing with some of the garments. Wow. I know. I know it's 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 unbelievable to think about, and I guess that kind of that is paired with, um, I guess, the army stuff as well, and and the war, especially, um, you know, First World War and and the trenches and things like that, and, yeah. and kind of the the garments that they wore and survived in. You just think how. <laughs> I know that, that, staying, that's staying so true. Warm I know how and, how yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> you know? I mean, every time I look at these images, it's like how. What compared to what we wear now, to you know, yeah. to go up at certain uh, mountains and, and all that stuff, um, compared to what they were wearing, and how did they, yeah, you know, how did they do it? Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, um, with, with the vintage wear at the moment, the way it is, do you think it will get to a point where it becomes too much? Um. I think that's a really good question because Thank you. <laughs> I think some some people would I I feel like some people might think that it's approaching that point at the moment. Oh really? Um wow. Because there's so much out there. Yeah. Um and there's so much I mean the thing is with vintage clothing is that it's there's always there's always going to be enough to go around. There's right, always yeah. enough clothing that's been made to go around um yeah. it's just kind of where you can find it and what you can do with it um you know there's loads of great brands out there that um use old vintage fabrics to create new clothes yeah. and then there's people that you know resell like me just you know from army or, or um workwear or denim pieces so i think there's definitely enough to go around in terms of if it will ever get too much i'd like to think no um personally because um, I love, absolutely love what I want, what I do. And, you know, I want that to continue and I want that, the business to grow and, um, I don't want there to be a ceiling on that. Um, I think it depends in what kind of format we're looking at it because I feel like in terms of retail space and 
brands going into shops and things. I mean, vintage brands going into shops and things. We're seeing a decline in that. Um, you know, not so many vintage places have shops anymore. Yeah, um, like, you know, like really, you know, good, good, good vintage ones, places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Hang Up recently um, left Cheshire Street in, in yeah. just off Brick Lane. Yeah, um, I mentioned earlier about vintage showroom. That's not in Covent Garden anymore. No. Um, you know, there's there's very few places left that are, for a city like London, yeah. that are really, really, really great. Um, so... I think maybe in that space, I'd like to see that space change. I'd like, you know, the next stage for me will definitely be having something physical, whether or not that's a studio or I'd love to have a shop. You know, I've worked in retail now for uh, about 15 years um, and most of it's been in, well, pretty much the entirety has been in physical space. Um, So I'd really love that to move on but I I do feel like some people may think that we're approaching that stage of there's too much about wow um you're right because I I just think that is there too much going on because you when you look online you you get to a point I hope this market carries on you know um but would it get to a point where oh you know it, it becomes so much that you end up going away from it a bit you know yeah 100% it's quite sad and scary at the same time because you don't want to do that because vintage clothing is like you you know it's some form of sustainable as well and there's a lot of history behind the clothes as well um and you want that to carry on kind of thing but you are right there you know it's getting to a point where it is there is a lot out there um yeah definitely you know the other thing i wanted to ask you was um who's your favorite menswear designer do you have a favorite brand or designer that you feel like um favorite designer i mean i really like i I really like universal works i've always liked them i think they do fantastic products that are accessible to a wide range of people they draw on great inspiration yeah they work with amazing fabrics um I guess maybe there is a repetitiveness to it you know it's a workwear jacket style and trouser a particular trouser style and things like that but I think that what they do is amazing um I love Drake's as well um I think Drake's are such a brilliant brand um I think when I was younger I really loved Ralph Lauren um, probably like a lot mm-hmm. of menswear people, <laughs> um, again, because of the branding and just the way that they executed uh, their stores and their advertising and the way that they executed everything, I just thought was phenomenal. And obviously he has such a, a kind of like vintage um, feel to it. And yeah. especially with double RL, um, you know, and the collections yeah. that he do are, are, are incredible. Yeah. Um, I guess I do I, I do kind of I do like what Amy Leondor is doing at the moment yeah. I think that they've introduced um a kind of a really nice mix of streetwear um kind of you know more formal tailoring styles um and kind of a nod to things like Ralph Lauren and some you know kind of vintage periods which I think is really interesting um, and I think it's great that they've opened a store in London. Yes, the store space is, is really out. beautiful, and the cafe is lovely, and it's a nice, nice place to go and shop. So, but in terms of, I don't know if I'd ever buy from there. I but I love going and having a look at the products and yeah. looking online and things like that. Um, but I guess that they they'd kind of be my main ones at the moment. Um, okay. There's also. Uh, a slightly on slightly smaller scale um awms which is is tony sylvester who yeah. um, has been in menswear for for a while yeah. um and he's kind of started his own thing and he's made some really fantastic products that um i mean i listened to a talk with him the other day with um simon from permanent style and yeah. they were um t- he, he was kind of saying that he would just make, he makes stuff basically because there's, he wants something that he can't find out in, you know, in the general menswear market. And so he, um, you know, yeah. so he kind of just makes it himself and sells it, which I think is such a fantastic thing. Yeah. Um, and, 
he's incredibly stylish and, and popular. So, you know, it's no, you know, it's no surprise at how well, at what, how well he's doing. So I'd say, yeah, th- th- those guys are probably up there. And then, you know, Nigel Caborn, I've always loved, um, you know, real McCoy's and all the stuff at, at clutch cafe, um, which I know is, you know, reproductions of, of older U S vintage and, and yeah. military pieces and denim pieces. But, um, I love all that stuff. I love all that stuff. So what's the next plan for... Actually, also, I wanted to know how you came about with the name because that's a brilliant name. Um, do you like it? I think it's a not, brilliant was, name. It's brilliant. I, to, I, I toyed with it for a while. Um, no, it's think, such a good name, Warren. It's so good. Um, I think that you, the name, actually, the name and your logo kind of stands well, the out. Lo- you know, the logo was um, uh, Alex and uh, the people that he works with. They they helped me with the logo um, at the from the design studio. Um, you know, they they were really helpful in in kind of pushing me into doing this as as like a job um, rather than you know because they work on with people on branding and yeah. startups and yeah. things like that. So they 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 really helped me flesh out what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so. At, from day one, I was able to have a logo and an identity that I loved and knew I could, you know, and it suited yeah. me and I could grow with it. But, but the name is something that I came up with um, with my girlfriend, Holly, with. Right. Um, we were kind of just talking about, so she was like, what about, you know, just like worn? And I was oh, like, fantastic. Like, what, do you, what do you mean warm? Like, and then it was obviously originally W-O-R-N. But yeah. then we, we looked online and, um, you know, obviously with the E is the obsolete spelling. So obviously the clothes are kind of obsolete from their original function in terms of the military stuff. So it kind of all kind of fit tied, tied in. Yeah. Together. And I'm, I'm really happy that you like the name. I, I like the name a lot as well. So I think the name's, uh, like, I yeah. think the name's brilliant it, it, and it fits the brand so well. So, yeah, so, so thank well. You. So, well done with that. Um, and the logo, I love that logo. I, I hope you're actually going to come up with some prints on it. <laughs> yeah, so we Sweatshirt do. Sweatshirt prints and all that stuff. We d- yeah, we, we've got like a, a, a vinyl that goes up at the pop-up shops on the window. And yeah. I mean, I, I did a tote bag last year um, because one of the things that I do, I'm very conscious of is the sustainability aspect with yeah. Warren. Um, and in terms of, you know, when we send out orders or print postcards to write things on to customers, like it's all on recycled paper. Right. I use like paper bags to send everything um, out to customers online. You know, we're selling secondhand clothing. Like I try, I want to try and keep the footprint as low as, as low as possible, the carbon yeah, footprint. Of course. And I did really want to do some online things. Um, so we did, you know, to, and incorporate the logo and things like that um in 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 labels and you know maybe some subtle branding um but it's very difficult to get small quantities of items made in this country at an affordable price um so then you're looking at maybe going to somewhere like portugal for some you know some of the cotton stuff or um you know or the u.s for some of the you know because i love made in the usa i love made in the usa um but obviously there's a shipping aspect that I'm and not then, so keen yeah. on, well, yeah, exactly. um, and, think you know, no things like is. that. So, I, yeah, I think it would be interesting to explore some, um, you know, some branded items further down the line. Um, but I would always want them to be kind of made in England, if possible. Right, um, okay. You know, not only to support the local economy, but to or the economy in this country, but to be, you know, as sustainable as possible. So, um what's with your pop-ups what's happening next anyway are you coming up with more pop-ups or what's what's yeah so we i did the first pop-up in the summer of 2001 uh, 2021 not 2001 i was gonna say what Um, yeah i've actually been going 20 years um no i i did it in uh 2021 um in the summer and we have a great space in Shoreditch that we use um on Calvert Avenue um so it's on the same street as Oliver Spencer and Studio Nicholson I need to come and see you guys actually it's got the bandstand at the end and in the winter it's filled with um 
burgundy and orange leaves all over the floor and it's got lovely brick buildings and it's really beautiful and works perfectly um to sell my clothes so um i always use the same space um, and this one coming up in it's going to be on the 4th of november friday the 4th of november to monday the 7th of november okay um i just i might i I probably will plug i will probably (laughs) Um, pop by yeah, oh, please do, please do. I think I will. And, um, on you can try the Mackinac jacket on. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, always use the same space. And I think this is going to be about the fifth time that I've done it there. So wow. I do one. I try and do one. It's kind of four times a year, roughly. Okay. Um, so one for spring, one for summer, one for autumn, um, and then one for winter, kind of. Um, or, or, or three a year and it kind of some of the seasons cross over but yeah it's it's roughly that at the moment um, and like I said earlier I really want to get a physical space um, whether yeah. that's a studio space to start off with as a stepping stone to a shop yeah. or you know depending on finances straight into a shop but it's a big step having a shop you know a website is is relatively easy to manage in yeah, terms of exactly um, stock and things like that um and turnover and you know having a shop there's you know a whole different ball game but like I said that's my background so that's what I really really want and I feel like the brand when I do pop-up shops and have physical spaces is conveyed um so much richer you know people get such a better sense of the brand and me and and kind of they can touch the products and I think with vintage it's really important that you know people have the opportunity to try things on and uh, touch the fabrics and look at all those little details that we talked about earlier that you know maybe a photograph doesn't doesn't convey on the website so um so yeah and on that note ted i'd like to thank you for coming on to menswear by woman podcast it's been an absolute amazing um it's been absolutely lovely speaking to you and i think your brand is it's it's um i love the name i love the logo i love the product um yeah i just very very much love the whole idea of it as well thank you so much it is thank you if you can see me now i've got a smile from from ear to ear from the nice (laughs) things you just said i you know i really really appreciate it especially coming from someone that has been in the industry for for such a long time um and run such a good podcast and spoken to so many great people i think thank you you know it's it's really kind of you of you to say and um it's been a real pleasure talking to you i feel like we could probably chat all afternoon i know so. i think we could <laughs> you know it's, it's just so because um what you sell right is what what i'm so interested in always have yeah. been and and i and and that's why i said um your brand the name of the brand the logo um what you're selling it's like oh, wow <laughs> you know? thank you so much thank you i really really appreciate that Thank you. Thanks, Ted, for coming on. And we'll probably have another podcast with you one day soon. Oh, I love it. Anytime. anytime. You know, um, to discuss more of, of that spring summer stuff coming in as well. Yeah. Yeah, let's do I it. Love that. I would love to, yeah, probably come into your store actually and start talking to you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please come in. <laughs> Thanks um, a lot, yeah, Ted. I'd love to meet you in person. Thank you, Ted. Thanks so much. Speak to you soon. <laughs>